going on there? <gasps> Why, it's the ghost of my old business partner, Jacob Mickey. What are you doing here? <laughs> That's right, Scrooge. I tell you, I'm here to warn you about the error of your ways before it's too late. Mickey, your voice has changed considerably. Uh, the smoking actually gave me a lot worse than an early grave, it turns out. But I'm here to tell you, don't make the same mistake I did. You see these chains around my feet? I earned these chains, made them year after year, with my greediness and my pride and my inability to love my fellow mouse. And and you want me to love your fellow mouse? Is Minnie I was really still hoping alive? you had a key for these chains. They're really killing me. It's hard to walk around. They tell you that when you're a ghost, you can fly. You still have to walk around. I'm not springing for money on a key for your chains. You get your own. This is exactly what I came to talk to you about, actually. It's kind of weird how we had to loop back on it like this. Well, but well what, what's your point? Speak, speak your business. My business? My business is your business, Scrooge. If you don't stop being generous and devoting all that money in your water tower to your fellow ducks, you will reap what you sow until you march yourself into an early and shallow grave. You'll be visited by three nephews to teach you the error of your ways before it's too late. Well, I I certainly don't want to have to deal with any more hangers-on taking my money and precious time. What if I just pretend to like them and and act like my family was my treasure the whole time and then just not give up any of my money? Man, I kind of wish I thought of that now. This This is pretty embarrassing. Well, Mickey, I guess your business was just show business. We gotta stop ending like intros like that. What's that? We gotta stop ending intros with just like a random joke and then boom. <laughs> We've done that several times now. Did we? I feel like we have. When did that happen? We did that in Angry Beavers. No, we didn't. We're just like Shark Week. Shark Week. <laughs> oh shit! Is it Shark Week again? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've done this. Yeah, sorry, man. It's been a very busy hey it's it's on me too <laughs> that's true um but how was uh how was vegas oh man i vegas was super good so you know i went there with ethan yep and uh yeah and then we met up with david there which was pretty great we we stayed in like the most plastic looking lego fortress nice like, it was just, like the place is called the excalibur that's the that's the hotel and the vegas strip is like nothing but hotels basically right so um but we got there and uh, have you ever looked up the $20 trick? The $20 trick? 
Is that yeah. the one where you fold it in a certain way? It looks like Andrew Jackson is piloting a robot to destroy the Capitol building. <laughs> no, it's that's not correct. The the $20 trick is uh it's a popular thing that they do in Vegas where if you, you have um, $20, you can spend $20 <laughs> for basically nothing. Um no, what I what Life you do hack. is you fold it in between, you sandwich it in between your driver's license and your credit card. Mm-hmm. And when you go to check in, you say uh are there any complimentary room upgrades available and it's just like a commonly accepted practice in vegas but it's starting to get popular other places that if they have extra rooms that they're not using they'll just bump you up cool yeah and so i did that and i got a awesome like higher up room with like cool view of the strip and it was slightly bigger it was really cool sweet yeah good 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 job bribing yep (laughs) bribing always feels good you always feel like you're like cheating our own monetary system that we're we're kind of all inducted into without kind of choosing it even though this is like what it was designed for well yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it's just a more it's just a it's just a structured um bri- uh, barter system yeah but but yeah it felt good felt real good uh did you did you win any money gambling oh that's a good story yeah so um basically uh you know, I I basically didn't like gamble almost the entire time because I was there, I was I wasn't there with any like right. You you don't go to gate to Vegas for gambling. <laughs> well, I mean, I was just there for a vacation, and I thought it would like upset my. I, I I didn't think that I'd be in a good mood if I lost money, so I saved it for the last day. Uh, nice. And then David was like, "Hey Ben, let's go let's go play poker for an hour," and so we both go to the poker room, and he gets in first, and I'm I'm. Uh, waitlisted. I'm, I got waitlisted. Got waitlisted at Las Vegas. You, <laughs> you, you get a. Well, you, you, you enter the queue basically, sure. and whenever there's a, there's a, there's an open spot at the table, they say your name and you can jump in. How, so how sharp are David's poker skills still? <laughs> They're pretty sharp. Um, in an hour, he won like thirty or forty bucks. Of course, he did. Um, I, I think it was mostly luck because he like. Well, he he played it correctly, but he did get bailed out on the on the river. But uh, what happened with me was I sat down, I uh, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna burn an hour, burn sixty bucks, and walk away from it. Um, I I sit down at the table, and the first cards I get dealt are two queens, which is like I don't think I remember. I, I don't think you need to be reminded on how good of a hand that is in Texas Hold'em. It's a good omen because the queen of diamonds is uh symbolizes power does it i don't know you were saying yeah quit interrupting me <laughs> the, um, but uh you you remember how uh how good that hand i is know how poker right? works <laughs> yeah all right i wasn't sure yep um and so the flop hits and it hits ace some other card and another queen Sick. so everybody who's still in the hand either has uh, it, like I have three queens, which is incredible, and then everybody else has, like, an ace and a high card, and someone puts me all in, and I call them, and I just flip up the queens, and, like, on the very first hand I played went from 60 to 150 bucks, <laughs> and then I just threw my weight around for the rest of the game, uh, and uh, nice. I, actually went, I actually won 245 bucks in, like, one hour. That is impressive, sir. And just walked away. <laughs> that is, that is Zane-level quality gambling. <laughs> yeah, you have like this weird talent for 
Like, I have never lost money in a casino. Being, being a lucky son of a bitch with num- numbers and flashing lights. I don't know which one of those categories think that they're your, that you're their own. But, uh, I, I think it's have that, some voodoo. I think it's that the overstimulation of a casino perfectly balances out my conscious mind that my unconscious can just like take advantage of the numbers or something. It sounded either really Freudian or really Zen, but like you should if you ever if you're ever in a conversation where you think that you're turning either really Freudian or really Zen, get out of that conversation because you don't belong there. So it sounds like you had a good time then. I had a very good time. Yeah, um, I've, I've mostly just been hanging around here. Um, went up to ladies' house for the Christmas season. Uh, your dog lady. Uh, yeah, dog lady. Hmm. Um, like Hank Hill's dog, Ladybird. Yes, that's right. Ladybird hung out with her and her sister and her sister's dog. So I guess she's the dog lady. Double dog. Double dog syndrome. The uh, yeah. Um, honestly, once I got back from uh, once I got back from Las Vegas, it was it, everything's been pretty boring. And I just it's between semester. It's been it's between quarters where uh, where I'm going to school. So yeah, there's. Like, there's so little that you can realistically accomplish right now. <laughs> right. I'm just doing, like, coding practice and then, like, a lot of bad video games. I, um, yeah, I've, I've been playing a lot of video games, too. Um, before we left for break, I wanted to do an experiment real quick just to see if I needed to change my strategy and, like, read some papers over the over the break. Mm. But like the second to last step of the synthesis, I, I spilled everything all over my working space. Oh, good. <laughs> so I've just been kind of laying low since then. Okay, I, I don't, I don't know the the consequence of any of those actions. Is is that really bad or is it really good? Uh, I wasted a day. I'll have to wait and find out if it was successful another time. I'll have to basically redo it. If if that gets accepted into the way that you synthesize this compound. What are you going to write for the steps? Spill um, piping hot chemical all over my table. Go home. <laughs> I imagine I would repeat Run through the Mega experiment Man correctly and hope that it still works. And if it doesn't work the second time, but it does work the first, take that. <laughs> then I'm really not sure how to how to write that up. That's that's Dionysus just kind of having a game. <laughs> Curse you, Bacchus, Loki. <laughs> Wait, which one was Bacchus? Bacchus was Dionysus. Really? Yep. Roman. Wait, which one was Roman and which one is Greek? Uh, Dionysus is Greek. That's right. That's what I thought. Bacchus. You know, I because like it that. comes from the root word dio, meaning holy dive. And uh, Bacchus, I'm assuming like Bach, like debauch, something like that. Yeah. In the manner of composers. I'm just guessing, man. Um, yeah, but it's, been... it's really it's really irritating talking to you sometimes because oh, you know more than I do, but you don't explain things. <laughs> you go out of your way to like tell me falsehoods that <laughs> the truth of which you actually happen to happen to know. Oh, what was the lie I told recently? It was super good. <laughs> oh, oh, somebody was asking like for a crossword or something like what suet was, and I'm like, yeah, that's pig fat. And that's why that's why to call a pig you say suey, same root. <laughs> what is suet again? It's pig fat. No, what is it really? That's the true part. What was the lie? If that that's why they call the pigs like it could be true. I just you know, I don't it have sounds any like it might be. I don't have any evidence to back it up. That's what I'm good at telling you. I don't have any evidence to back it down, so back it around. Even Stevens. Um 
Uh, what else have I been doing? Oh, did uh, did you check out um any of Steins Gate? No, I saw that you recommended it. Um, I Dude, was I've been speedballing it. it like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I went through like twenty five episodes in like two days. It was nuts. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's really good. Is it something um, that Chrissy would also like, or is it probably just I would like it? I think you'd probably both like it. It's like. Because you've been, when I when I suggested that we watch it, she literally said, do you think there's anything that Ben recommends that I would enjoy? And well, I gotta say, in, I, I couldn't think enjoys. of any examples. I don't know what she enjoys. It doesn't have horses. It doesn't have horses. Ben, what does that mean? <laughs> the only thing I know about your fiance is that she likes horses. That's not even particularly true. <laughs> But it's not particularly false, and that's the greatest <laughs> gift of all. Weren't you just saying how bad I was at explaining things? <laughs> well, okay, so the horses are at a minimum, but what it is is it's a um, it's a anime that follows around a kind of ragtag ragtag group of aspiring a ragtime sci- band. Of, a ragtime a group of like aspiring mad scientists Ooh. um actually it's only just the one mad scientist and a bunch of people who like kind of like hanging around him basically and he starts just inducting a bunch of different people into his group once they figure out that they can actually send messages back in time okay that does sound great so it's 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 a lot of fun in that way and then the plot just it first spends the first 10 episodes fucking itself and the rest of the show trying to unfuck itself. <laughs> that sounds awesome. No, like literally, because all, all it is is like send a bunch of messages into the past and then the rest of the show is, oh, we shouldn't have done that. that <laughs> so they just have that to undo it all. caused problems. <laughs> oh, that was a bad move. Um, so that that's uh, that's how the... That's that sounds the really good. I'll check it out because uh, I've been looking for good. other things to watch. Right now I'm like... I'm like halfway through season two of Scrubs, and that's that's no way to live. No, <laughs> no it's a very pretty good way to die. So that that, that is a recommendation for me to uh, your horse loving fiance, <laughs> who may be a dog. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, I think we are caught up. All right. Oh, cool. I uh, I bought a, a hundred pack of googly eyes. <laughs> oh yeah i'm trying to figure out what to put those on are, now now are they like would you say they the googliness of the package is diluted eye per eye what does that mean <laughs> you know that actually made any sense in my head and that just kind of makes me upset that if you that, that, i'm not like, gonna ask you to explain it but if you could just direct me to somebody who might be able to <laughs> like i just wish my subconscious was like had a better filter it's just like <laughs> No, old boy. That doesn't even make sense in your head. <laughs> Sometimes I called myself old boy it's like in hopes defective... that I can start shadow boxing so well that I can, you know, fight 30 men in a hallway. It's like a defective thought, like, on a conveyor belt that just kind of gets passed. Oh, yeah. It's like a Willy Wonka machine yeah. for, like, good versus bad Love eggs. Lucy all day. Exactly. <laughs> all right. You want to introduce us? Yeah, let me uh let me let me introduce us. Okay. Welcome everyone to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And this is the podcast where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. The Carton Cast. Woo Yeah, it, it pretty much had to be. 
Um, and today we are, of course, talking about DuckTales. The DuckTales. No, 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 just, just DuckTales. <laughs> Legend of the DuckTales. The Tome of DuckTales. Tales of the Duck. <laughs> Tailspin. Wait, no, hang, <laughs> hang on. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a very, uh, high profile episode, Zane. Yeah, it's a, it's a popular show, not necessarily because it's super great, but because it was the first to do a lot of things that is kind of taken for granted in cartoons nowadays. So, um, DuckTales ran from 1987 to 1990. Mm. And, you know, it was very successful and had spinoffs into a movie, a video game, another show that we've seen, Darkwing Duck. Yeah, I think it's going to be very difficult for me not to think about Darkwing Duck for yeah. kind of obvious reasons, mm -hmm. but also the larger, uh, the larger, um, the larger issue was because this was like the first of the uh, syndicated television shows that uh, Disney tried to do. Right, like, this was pretty experimental, so it uh, it didn't really have the wisdom of you know past avatars or whatever <laughs> when they were making Darkwing Duck. Right, um, they actually also had a spinoff of the show called The Quack Pack. <laughs> which is okay. like when the boys are older and they're teens and they join donald as he travels the world it's it's the same show but now they're annoying teenagers instead of annoying boys oh so they got rid of the only good character is what happened <laughs> yes this was after I, I assume this was after Launchpad jumped ship over to darkwing duck's world that's right um yeah so and, is it, yeah go ahead and the series of ducktales itself is uh set to come back in 2017 mm-hmm yeah this is um Get so, on that nostalgia train. Seriously, let's let's talk about how much nostalgia this this garnered. Um, like we said, this was the first. Like Walt Disney, kind of before this period, they didn't really do animated um, television. Television, really? Like they, they were the big on the movies. They were big in animated movies, comics, um, and when they did animated television, it was mostly just like a collection of shorts—the kind of shorts that you kind of see for like openings to Pixar movies nowadays, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But just a collection of them, right? So, and and a lot of critics—I I looked this up—a lot of critics say that uh, Disney's animation studio had like lost most of its luster during that period, uh, doing like in the 1980s. Apparently, in earlier generations, it was kind of um novel and the only game in town but other people other other businesses started started copying the success and people weren't as enamored with it anymore which was when they gambled on uh on doing a syndicated television with just as good uh production value um, yeah and, and, and it's it sort of steam it's sort of snowballed into this like animation syndication empire that spans like everything that we re that we review right i mean there's a whole disney channel sure um, yeah and the nostalgia has been working in its favor since the beginning because this show was based off of the successful uncle scrooge comic book which has run on and off since 1952 as a spinoff of donald duck's stories and all of those written by carl barks yeah i actually didn't i didn't realize that it uh it had a it had a comic uh tie-in at all Mm -hmm. Um, this is a very strange beast that we're dealing with at this time because um, I can't speak to you, Zane. I never watched this as a kid. No, me neither. 
Do you have any familiarity with it beyond what we've just kind of been reviewing for the show? Um, honestly, you know, I didn't really read the comics either. My first um, <clears throat> sort of knowledge of the Duck universe was from a science book I read about, you know, the science of superheroes and, and stuff like that, where... Oh, right, where they, like, try to quantify how, like, massive uh, Clark Kent's quads must be for him to jump le- buildings in a single bound. Right. Um, and one of the things that it mentioned was how Donald Duck and the gang came up with this method of, like, raising synced ships using ping pong balls. <laughs> okay. So you like get a tube and you cram ping pong balls in them until it gets in there, displaces the water in it, and it rises up. Mm. It turns out that works. And the guy who invented it in the real world invented it 20 years after it appeared in the comic books. Oh, that's fucking weird. And he wasn't <laughs> allowed to patent it because the comic constituted prior art. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> In fact, uh, if you go on to my favorite website, crack.com, they have an article <laughs> of five amazing things invented by Donald Duck, and that's one of them. Crack.com, proud sponsor of the Carton cast. Um, the, that's really weird. The, uh, the thing about um, you that superhero... You want to know what's weirder about it? Mm. I, I just want to say one other thing about it, which is he also invented a chemical that didn't exist. how what carl barks has no scientific background he basically just threw letters and numbers together okay (laughs) but it turns out that like when it was finally isolated it was found to behave similarly to how carl barks guessed it would what let me from the wikipedia entry for methylene which is a compound as a chemist i i I actually know about what does it do it is a carbine it's the simplest carbine Mm. I remember methyl means pretty, generally means pretty simple shit. The compound was first detected and studied around 1960 by infrared spectroscopy in frozen gas matrix isolation experiments. The first suggested use of methylene was by D. Duck in 1944. D. Duck. <laughs> right, just so that they don't have to admit it on Wikipedia. <laughs> like, this could actually, this could, this could conceivably be a real person. Although they do link to it. Well... <laughs> That's 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 really strange, um, yeah. I, I actually have no idea what to say about that. The um, I, I I have had other exposures to Ducktales that were not chemistry related. Um, first of all, I think it's just kind of common knowledge. The Ducktales theme song is just is just it's more or less imprinted on the minds of the of our entire generation. At, Presumably at birth, possibly puberty. <laughs> it's instinctual. It's encoded, it's encoded in our genes. Um, um, so there's that. And I, I, I also... I hadn't heard it until uh, fairly recently. But mm. as, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, the ooh-ooh-ooh is not actually the part that sticks in my head the most. It's the phrase duck blur. <laughs> duck blur. <laughs> which is a, which I, I think, as we discussed, was a... Uh, what, what what did we say it was? It's an online duck service in the manner of like Tumblr or no or no, no, no no my my suggestion was way better which is like the duck version of Uber <laughs> that's right so um the uh, there are a couple other things that I just kind of know about Ducktales without actually having watched it as a kid which oh, is yeah? one he has the first dime ever minted 
and that's wait, his wait. lucky dime, and that give, brings him boundless wealth for that some reason. That was the first dime? I think so. <laughs> I know that was his first dime. I don't think it was the I'm first pretty, I'm pretty sure it was the first dime ever. <laughs> um, two, uh, <laughs> and this is a really weird one. I knew about the... I, I uh... I knew about the three the three nephews simply because you kept saying Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> and I'm like, I've heard that somewhere before, so I had to do a Wikipedia dive. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Do you know what their real names are? Like, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, but their real names are Hubert, Lewis, and Deuteronomy. Oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> then that's so I cool spent, and not... I actually didn't... I wasn't a huge fan of the show, so I spent a good chunk of my time looking up the Duck family tree. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember those, like, videos they made us watch in, like, elementary school art class with that Ludwig von Drake guy who kept on getting hit with stuff? Ludwig von Drake? No, I don't. Look him up later. You will You will remember something. H- kept getting hit with stuff? Can you give me any more than that? Uh, he had, like, a... He was telling you about color and math, and he was... Oh, he's got that, like, lisp... Yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah. He looks like he belongs in The Sound of Music. I remember. I, and he, he spoke kind of halfway between Donald Duck and Zachary in terms of speech patterns. <laughs> I actually enjoyed watching his old stuff more than, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. It totally looks like someone from The Sound of Music. Um, yeah. This is... So, yeah, I, I have, like, minor... I, I knew I knew that Scrooge dove around in a water tower full of money. Mm-hmm. Like... There's there's just like these weird like plot details that you just somehow assimilate through like playground uh playground knowledge. And it's not like these are hugely complex stories. No, but that's 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 why they're so ima- uh, like interesting that we all figured out about them because it means that so many people have either specifically talked about them um or have referenced them in 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 future works. Like I'm sure that there's been like like a Catwoman-esque burglar, like swimming through a pool full of diamonds. That was probably uh that's probably a a, a, ref- a direct reference. Like, sure. These are such simple concepts that you wouldn't expect to have learned them unless you were watching this show. But I did. Yeah, the, the specifics of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did you know uh, ahead of time why Donald didn't show up? I I didn't, and I was extremely happy to find this out. Zane, would you ass- like to tell us the plot of the show? I assumed he had died. <laughs> uh, well, so this show, yeah, follows- like one of his many, uh, like, uh, he he's self he's like described in the in Disney lore as a rageaholic. <laughs> so, really? Like no, he's just like the angriest person in their universe. Apparently, just because of how angry he gets with like daily life, well, he gets shit on constantly. He really does. Um, but the show follows the adventures of Scrooge McDuck, who is Donald's uncle, and the three duck boys who are Donald's nephews by way of his sister, Della Duck. And she passed the responsibility of raising them on to Donald, who passed them right along to Scrooge. And there are no actual, like, parents, nieces, now, or aunts in this duck verse. <laughs> like, no. This is a pretty bleak. This is like the Roaring Twenty. This is like, this is like, uh,. This is, this is Ayn like Rand. the depression almost. And this is Ayn Randian. <laughs> yeah, it's a little there's a little bit of uh, and, and and a little bit of Tony Stark as well. Like, <laughs> you know, like uh like why should I have to give up my money for them? Um sort of proprietary knowledge and that and whatnot. But well, uh Well, if you don't mind me going briefly into Zane's conspiracy theory corner. I would love I would love to. So 
there is a compelling argument put put forth uh, in this book, How to Read Donald Duck by Ariel Dorfman and Armand Metalart. And it's basically saying that the Duckverse is a duck version of Ayn Rand's universe because everyone's obsessed with making money. It's mm. entirely capitalistic. There's no nepotism because there's no parents. It's just a system of uncles. And <laughs> Donald Duck is considered a perennial loser because he can't make money or hold down a steady job. Yeah, and he's considered a loser by Scrooge McDuck in the very first episode. And his nephews. When Donald Duck leaves the plot to, do you know this? <laughs> Go serve in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he joins the U.S. Navy. Right. It's not it's not Duckburg's navy. It's the United States Navy. Ben, how much would you like to see a show about Donald Duck's adventures in Vietnam? This is where he 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 was a medic, you see, in uh in for uh for um for D-Day, you know, that that is that Day? famous scene. Uh, Duck Day, yeah. They, that famous scene with all of the with all the soldiers wounded. Donald Duck is going around patching them up. That's why he has those skills in Kingdom Hearts. Aha. Isn't he the healer? He might be the black mage. The I don't actually remember. He's the wizard, I think. I never Is played he? it. All right. So he was the one who summoned lightning for D-Day. <laughs> you know, the Blitzkrieg. That's that's correct. <laughs> um, speaking of racist violence, mm-hmm. do you know how the original version of Scrooge McDuck got his money? Uh... No, he <laughs> no, des- I do not. He destroyed an African village and bought the land to establish a plantation. <laughs> Back when Disney was kind of okay a, about what its a racism. Funny character he is. <laughs> what, a, what a humorous like, like our protagonist is just an embodiment of greed that barely functions like as a and as as somebody who can exist in like a morally centric and show. He's so much better than the other characters. It's like what if SpongeBob was just Mr. Krabs? No, it's it's like Garfield and Friends is what it is. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like the worst character is the best character, but he's still terrible. <laughs> uh, um well, there is a real reason why Donald didn't show up in in the show very much. Was um, it the uh, voice actor? No. So Roy Disney, who was Walt Disney's, you guessed it, nephew, um, <laughs> didn't think that television animation was very good and didn't want the good duck name sullied with such things. Good duck name. <laughs> good duck name. Good, ne- good duck name is a good duck name name. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Ben. Thanks. <laughs> you know what was the funniest thing? So I, I took your advice and watched all of BoJack Horseman. Oh, yeah? How'd it go? <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it is. My <laughs> Dude, favorite... I love Todd. He's my favorite character. <laughs> my... I love... Because he's just, like, he's just, like, a milder version of the only other character that guy has played, which is um, <laughs> Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Yeah, I love that. I love that he is so unrecognizable, and yet, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, of course he played that. It's just Jesse Pinkman. But my favorite line is from Mr. Peanut Butter when he says, um... You say, you say tomato, I say tomato. I say, you say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like is, iterative loops. Which in my, is incredible. In my, in my Paul F. Tompkins. Um, oh, speaking of, uh, I have something both Paul F. Tompkins and Donald Duck related. I'm way into or, this. Or actually, a DuckTale specifically related, which is, and it's on the most recent best of Comedy Bang Bang, um, which I think is part three. Oh, I they heard that one yet. go back to there's there's this one character who who 
purports himself to be a real man's man of a character and talks about how like manly everything he does is and it is it is revealed through the course of the episode that he has three children who are anthropomorphic ducks because that's because his nephew went off to serve in the military that's right it's just very subtly like revealed through the course of it that he is actually just scrooge mcduck how serendipitous that you happen to remember that from hearing it recently no, I, I I just listened to it yeah. in the bathroom. I'm like, this is fucking weird. That's so new. I haven't even heard that one yet, and it's so relevant. Yeah, I oh. dude, I like the other the other day. I was uh, just sitting in my office, and um, and my coworker started whistling, and the tune that he whistled was. I'm like, are you whistling the, the Angry Beavers? He's leaving it to the Beavers. Just leaving it to the beavers. Specifically to uh, Daggett, because as we all know, Norb works at the Norb store, and he works long hours, because he's got to feed his family, (laughs) even though he just got a pay cut. (laughs) You know, he owns it, why would he? So let's get into... You know what the show is like, yeah. episode to episode. <laughs> We're bullshitting like way more than usual, but well, that's okay. I mean, you've seen the show rehashed again and again. It's just you, this is where it starts. You, you guys must all all know what Ducktales is. Have you guys watched Ducktales before? <laughs> yeah, this is like when we were trying to describe The Simpsons. So yeah. the thing about Ducktales, like just just to get the plot out of the way. Uh, Don goes off to fight in Vietnam. <laughs> when you call him Don, he sounds so much tougher. <laughs> that that's how the guy in uh in Comedy Bang Bang referred to him as. Yeah, he goes by Don. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um So uh Don Don goes to war. Uh, you know, it's classic US you, it's a it's a classic uh tale of growing up and and maturing. Um and Scrooge McDuck inherits these three nephews whom kind of just they just make his life more complex in that they are really high energy they're breaking all this stuff for some reason this always results in them finding either a treasure map or their treasure is going to be stolen or scrooge just wants to like find a um like he has some plans on some exotic some plans to visit like an exotic locale to make profit yeah every Um, episode of this show is it's weird because it seems like a hokey you know Loving your family is the most important thing, and yet, like every minute, they are concerned flip-flops. with getting money. It flip flops on it, and I'll go into it later. But like this, this, this show has it. It doesn't have its made mind made up on which is more important, money or family. I, but, I, um, I think it goes pretty heavily into into money. Uh, p- perhaps so, but uh, anyway, th- considering that is the, the only basic... time that they really like stress the family thing is when they need to rely on each other to not die. Yeah, um, which is frequent, so that that's a good portion of the show. That's fair. The uh, This show is more hijinks ensue than any show I've seen recently. Yeah. Like, it, they, like it, there's something that starts the plot, and then, bam, they're in the Amazon, or an Aztec civilization, or space, or underwater. Giant robots. Doesn't doesn't really matter, but, like, hijinks ensue is exactly how this does. It's the same in the way that uh, Scooby-Doo is always the same. You, yeah, You exactly. know the basic plot progression. It's just, like, which which set piece is it going to be this time? And how it, are they going to get out of it? It's as though this is one like episode where he learns to love his family and get along with his 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 nephews but it's just phrased in 
in in the, like this is many worlds theory of Scrooge McDuck learning to love his family. Ben, there are several multi-part like episode like episodes yeah. where there's there's like a this, larger. This arc. has a gargoyles ass like yeah introduction arc. <laughs> like gargoyles like you got to set up this world, establish all the characters. There's this deep lore you can't really jump around. And it's like Ducktales. Yeah, we can have five episode intro arc. Five. I, I only watched the first one of the first thing, and I'm like, I, I this is a full episode. This is entirely complete. I don't need anything more. Oh, I I watched the first episode, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this ever again. It, oh yeah, it, it, it did get better, but. You, I picked episodes up out at random, and a lot of time I'm in the middle of a long plot arc, and it doesn't matter. No, they're they're pretty self-contained. You pick up really quick. Yeah, they're they're self-contained, and you know what the plot arc of each one is going to be. It's and that be, is impressive. They're trying to protect their money. Yeah, it is impressive how they can self-contain within an arc and still build to a larger. But um, yeah, that that might be that that's an impressive thing for the formatting of those multi-part arcs not necessarily the formatting of the show in general right like like that was just good direction and yeah. i don't mean that in like the director did it but like they knew what they were that what they were getting into with these multi-part arcs and they knew that they needed to make one each one kind of digestible on its own yeah so you and know i you really really having your cake and eating it too and there. i will say this is a good show i just didn't like it that much i i think i feel the same way Let, let's uh, let's withhold criticism for now and talk about the characters. Okay. So your main character who... Is the embodiment of greed, Scrooge McDuck. Named for Ebenezer Scrooge. And for the um, the animal of which he is. <laughs> yes, in the way that is <laughs> the, inconsistently the way that we call each other done Zane in this McHuman. <laughs> it, it's, it's inconsistent, actually, in this <laughs> universe. Yeah. Um. But he is voiced by Alan Young, who was the non-talking horse half of the show, Mr. Ed. Great. From the early 60s. Thanks for that. Um, and <laughs> Scrooge McDuck, like you said, he's greed. He is the richest fictional character in popular media. Yeah. Above I, I Batman. I was wondering, is this, is this supposed to be Above Iron like, Man. Above Richie Rich. Is this Richie supposed Rich? to be Walt Disney? I don't know. Because the, the, like, the idea is that... He has a lot of money at the inception of the show, and he goes on a bunch of crazy adventures to make more money. Much and in the way that the show was like this costly, but like like this really risky venture to make to pour so much attention and money into this show, and then it paid dividends. That's possible. Um, that that would be an extremely meta move. It's, on, I mean, on it's impressive because the they 80s. make us root for the Colossus. <laughs> Yeah, for for big business, for, for big the one percent. Um, he, like even in his dialogue, a lot of his lines are just variations on "I want more money." Like I hate poor forward. people who don't have money. <laughs> I have money, and I love money, and I love myself because of how much money I have. <laughs> and I made that money by destroying an African village and mining. M- basic, basically, mining blood diamonds. He's like a less charismatic Mister Krabs. <laughs> I don't know. I think you he's seem... way more charismatic than Mr. Krabs. Yeah, you seem to think that, but I, I want to know why you like this character so much. He, well, the Scottish accent does a lot for it. Yeah. Um, he's he's more Scottish than I thought he'd be. I don't have him as being Scottish in my child memory, which, granted, I never saw this show. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I like him because he is not entirely... It, 
there are whisperings of like a lost childhood in him. Like sort of a Citizen Kane moment. Well, as there are of the original Ebenezer Scrooge. Sure. But um and, and we we never get that with Mr. Krabs. That that's that is somehow more shallow of a show than this is. <laughs> I think um I think that Mr. I think that Mr. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Miss Scrooge. Thanks, Mr. Uh, McD. Mr. As, McD, as Launchpad calls him. Launch Launch Launchpad has like. <laughs> Were you the trying best to remix? His launch, name? launch 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 Monster your disc. Um, no, Launchpad is. We'll get into Launchpad in a minute. We've already said everything about Launchpad that we need to say. Go check episode nine. <laughs> I didn't even write him down. Nope. I, I like I like uh, McDuck. Jeez, I like Scrooge McDuck. By the way, I guess that means it's his first name. What Scrooge? Great. Yeah, they named so, him that. <laughs> he named himself that. He went down to the courthouse and told them to rename him Scrooge so that everybody would not get the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like about him is that he's remarkably spry and resourceful for his, um, I guess, elderly affectation at times. Yeah. Like, I mean, the very first scene has him swimming in gold. He's the... Yeah, you think about the physics of that. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that requires an incredibly upper bo- incredible upper body strength. Later much- on, he's, like, building a lean-to and a fire in the swamp. Like, yeah. he knows a lot of shit. Like, there's, there's whisperings throughout the show that he has had a very difficult but uh, rewarding childhood. Hey, and good on him for getting down and dirty, not just, you know, hedge funding. Hedge funding. Fudge. <laughs> Edge funding it. <laughs> <laughs> one of the Beagle Boys. Um, so I guess that's why I like him, is that he's he's not as one-dimensional as he first he's appears. He's a real go-getter. Yeah, he's he's a go-getter. And the, the thing about him being, you know, kind of adventurous is not merely... Like, he doesn't hate going on adventures. He, he looks forward to it whenever he finds a treasure map or has to go, like, recover an artifact to, to put up on, you know, Duck Bay. Um, right. he, he's usually pretty into it. And it's so. a little easier to sympathize with his uh, gold lust when what he's trying to do is recover his first dime, which is a, a, cute, a cute thing. Ex- explain? So if he's going off and, you know, he wants Oh, when it's, when it's money, sentimental, yeah. It's a lot easier to root for him when it's like, oh, he's trying to recover this piece of his childhood that he that he worked hard and earned. Yeah, um, it's something like that. Um, it, it's also the only connection that uh, makes the second main character worthwhile, which is his three nephews. God, I hate these. Man, these voices are irritating. Not as bad as Donald's, but still pretty bad. Oh my god! In that intro up, epi- do you saw the intro episode? Right, it was it was rough to so get. So I through. saw that second. So I had gotten used to the nephews' voices, and I'm just like, these are terrible voices. And then I saw them talking to each other, and I could not wait for Donald to start talking and one of the nephews to start talking in his place. <laughs> like it hurt my ears so much to hear just like that squabbly like wail. There are a few episodes that don't have them and they are in my opinion they are superior. Oh, kind of like uh kind of like Batman Beyond the best episodes are the ones where he never puts on the suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um but these are all voiced by Russie Taylor who also plays Minnie Mouse as well as a few characters on the Simpsons. Yeah, these seem like they're all like Whoever got duck voices down really had his, you know, pick of the. I'm gonna say squadron, <laughs> um, for as as far as voice acting roles in this era went, because there were just tons of ducks like all over the place. And you know, they made the decision to only have one 
voice actor play all three of them, and I think they tried to give them each their own personalities, but it really didn't come through. No, I I think the green one is like a little bit more stupid, but that's all I got. Because he's the third guy, and it's funny when the third guy is, doesn't get <laughs> I started it. Think of them, I started thinking of them as the chipmunks, because they have the same color motif. Interesting. With the chipmunks, at least you have height variety. Yeah, that's a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of... I, I like the way the, the the nephews look. Like, I like that they all fulfill one role because that's really all they do, which is sort of remind Scrooge of his younger self, mm-hmm. you know, in his, in his, in his impetuous youth. Um, I like that they all look the same for that reason. Um, but they, they, their voices just do so much harm to them showing up that I just couldn't... Th- that, that did more harm to the show than anything else. <laughs> But I do like what they bring out in Scrooge, which is, you know, family or, or or the spirit of youth or some garbage, you know? Yeah, yeah, togetherness, etc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, they are cunning and resourceful in the same manner as Scrooge. Yeah, um, they're they're running around. They're plotting things out while Scrooge or one of the other adult characters might be a couple steps behind, which is, you know, there's a kid show. That's what it's gearing toward i like the moments when they have to both fight a villain and scrooge is just kind of stalling for time <laughs> and the uh then the nephews like they create like some sort of environmentally uh appropriate rube goldberg machine in the background while uh scrooge will like will like stall for time yeah it's you know scooby-doo yeah it, it's pretty much scooby-doo um which man with the exception of scrooge mcduck do i ever like the other characters in scooby-doo more than these ducks <laughs> They do a bit more to differentiate them. Um, well, yeah, they're not all the... Well, I guess most of them are the same race in Scooby-Doo, but the, that race is humans. <laughs> yeah, you don't get a pass. I mean, although arguably this is all humans that just happen to be ducks. They do sometimes say human when they should mean duck. They say people. Yeah, they I heard say... them say people. Don't you care about people? I, I guess. What is a people? <laughs> what is going on? You've been smoking the dope, boy? <laughs> <laughs> I learned it from you, Scrooge. This got away from us. Um, <laughs> that's but that's yeah. not Mary. That's not Mary Jane. That's powdered diamonds that I'm smoking. <laughs> powdered, powdered diamonds, Zane. Uh, but yeah, the the adventures that they go on are clever, and they do find ways to keep it interesting. You know, it's it's the same thing, but the ways that they make each one different is is fun to watch i like that you called it scooby-doo format because it, it's basically that but instead of trying to solve a mystery you're trying to thwart a villain plot to steal money yeah there's this sort of creative sci-fi adventure sense about them you know like they, they take plot lines from the comics and the comics always had this um they, they were they were at the same time as and so they were kind of rooted in this pulp fiction kind of um um vibe Damn you. But but what I mean by that is, you know, if you go back to comics of that era, you know, the old Superman comics, the Flash comics, they would solve a problem and then they would do it through science, not through their superpowers, although those come into play. They would say like, oh, yeah, did you know that, you know, if you jump in the water while you're on fire, the steam's just going to, you know, hurt you faster. And they like, did oh. do that a lot, didn't they? They did. And that's... I. I don't know if it's because they were paid by the word or if they're just the same writers from the era as when they were paid by the word. But I, I think it I think it might be like a genuine preoccup. I think it might be like pandering to the demographic. A it's how bit. you can get away by calling it educational, certainly. 
Well, like, think about it. Who are the people who bought the comics? Kids. You know? And their parents who had to be convinced, like, oh, no, look, I'm learning. Yeah, but, like, kids who weren't playing, like, baseball, though. According to Superman, there was this, you know, chemical compound. Let's look at it. Yeah, like, uh, well, I think part of it is, like, pandering to a, a nerdy demographic, but that's more relevant in, like, the past 10 or 20 years than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah. I think back then, um, I think I think kids just have, like, a natural curiosity towards scientific stuff that creates uh, that creates cool stuff, like, real-world science-y stuff, like the jumping underwater thing. Yeah, it's, it's, you're interested in the natural world, it's just, it's not not generally explained in an interesting way at that age no no i, I think comics do a lot of, like i'm sure that there were there, there's a good percentage of scientists that grew up on these comics well um, you know just, that... like this was how they got interested in them and it's not merely like the way the plots resolve um microscopically the i, I don't know if you've ever paid attention to spider-man over the years but during is he, each that, successive... is he that guy what swings from webs he's that he's that web slingy that, that web slingy man. The one with the radioactive blood. He does have radioactive blood, I think. Well, that's, that's it. Actually, you know what? It's actually interesting. He doesn't have radioactive blood. It, that was that was a past version. Every successive Spider-Man kind of has the newer scientific thing mm-hmm. as his power source. Yeah, in the same way as Iron Man, you know, back then was fighting the Viet Cong, and now he's fighting, you know, uh, extremists the in the Middle East and the Gummant. And the what? And the government, yeah. Oh, no, that's actually Captain America fights the government. Yeah. So the it, it changes along with the time. And in as much as these episodes draw on the original source material, because Carl Barks wrote a ton of Donald Duck and Scrooge, you know, comics, and they all had that sort of, mm, there's this cool fact that I learned, and they applied it in an interesting way. And the episodes that took from that were... I would say way more interesting. Yeah, when, when they actually have to get creative, as about... opposed to just saying like, "Oh, I built a giant robot." Yeah, yeah. H- hand wave to the hand wave to the to the Danum wall. And it's not just science. Um, the plot of Inception, in impressive detail, was figured out by um, the Donald Duck comics first. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like down to some details. Go read that article. I, I vaguely remember reading a Darkwing Duck comic one time, but it was all about how he was old and sad. <laughs> Not about how he was the terror that flapped in the night? He wasn't. Because he went to bed at like 5.30 by then. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, um, before we move on, I'd like to point out that when you said uh, Carl Barks, I kept thinking Charles Barkley. <laughs> so, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So those are the main characters, really. There is Launchpad McQuack, who, you know, go watch Darkwing Duck. <laughs> yeah. If you really want him. It's and got then a more there's impressive just range. a bunch of, like, do you remember at the beginning of, of, uh, of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, how a bunch of people keep knocking on Bilbo's door to get his money? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not at home. That That's who the rest of the cast is. Yeah, it's a real duck blur of just minor <laughs> characters. And actually some major characters that appear in a ton of episodes, but I just do not care about. Um, The the duck family are pretty unimpressive. I, I like that they have a bunch of unique characters, just so it's not like a, just a field of ducks whenever he's having like a family reunion. I like mm-hmm. that there's a bunch of named different characters. Um, 
that that's kind of a nice detail that they're like they they made the effort of having a bunch of like duck populace in his extended family and they didn't feel the need to cram them everywhere that's really satisfying yeah and i think part of that I, I think that's an improvement over the comics because in that in those intervening years they had built up this mythology that they're like you know oh expanded duck universe we can fit this in neatly yeah the, this show actually did a pretty good job of like focusing on the characters that we wanted focused on um it, it doesn't really worry about all the extended universe stuff it doesn't stop itself from creating those characters but it doesn't get bogged down in the in in them at all which is cool sure um how do you feel about the villains the villains um honestly most of the time i only ran into the beagle boys and ma beagle yeah so uh, the thing about the villains is that they're not nearly as good as darkwing ducks villains no they're so like nominal like you know like the danger is so nominal in this show so do you remember of course you didn't but do you know uh, you know the early days of superman like the radio program where he's just beating up gangsters <laughs> yeah the same three gangsters yeah just like punching out guys they're like every episode of superman is the same like oh i'm gonna stop these gangsters and they're like shoot him ah the bullets just bounce off him another day saved eat a snack pie <laughs> um, my memory is blurry no you think it's pretty much pretty much a duck blur at this point but i think and, you're pretty on point. but the once the switch was made to super villains they became a lot more interesting a lot more varied and i think since ducktales relies so much more on the original source material than darkwing duck they stayed to what was the villain at the time which was these kind of everyday oh i'm going to rob a bank right but but then again scrooge was not a superhero he was a regular like protagonist right like he he couldn't he couldn't rise to an occasion where they had to stop a mad bomber. That's a Darkwing Duck thing, right? So, I I guess I guess what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, the villainy scale, the danger quotient of this show, is really appropriate to the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Like it's what it needed to be for Scrooge to be effective. Yeah, and and you can you know sometimes his wealth is taken from him temporarily, either by a heist. Or a trick, or even a legal loophole, hmm. um, and and it can be fun to see how it resolves because you know he's not in physical danger, but that wealth is such an innate part of him that you you get that that sensation of tension by proxy. Yeah, you you do, and, and he like the the camera focuses on him for so much of the show that you do feel like a genuine kind of like queasiness of him not having the money that he has. Yeah, like that's his money. The same part that feels bad whenever Tony Stark gets his technology stolen. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, that's his. How dare they go into his mansion and steal all those rubles? The greatest crime of all. (laughs) Theft from a rich man. (laughs) How dare he? Oh, man. What would happen if they had, like, a Robin Hood in this universe? They might have. um... I I think the entire show would buckle under the pressure. (laughs) They just don't know what to do with themselves. It's just like, you're right, but I'm the protagonist, but you're right, but they just wouldn't handle it. They would probably be something like, oh, I was just stealing to feed this, and he's like, oh, I'll feed you and keep most of my money anyway. 
Yeah, it, he, Pro- he probably finds, not. He finds these ways to come out on top, regardless. Yeah, he 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 gives like lip service to being a good person at the end of the show, but you never forget who he is, which I I kind of like. Mm. Um, let's get into the tone and genre because this is where I think that the show really struggles. Yeah, so this was quite the trendsetter in kids' animation, and it e- I'll even give it that it ages well. Like, in um, terms of the yeah. quality of the design and the formula on which it's based, it it's, you know, it could come out today, and it will be coming out in a couple of years, and hold up pretty well. But I've seen this type of character, I've seen these hijinks too many times, and they don't have those, uh, you know, gimmicks that a lot of shows that we've seen have that keep them fresh and unique well if we can go to darkwing duck for a moment the gimmick there was kind of his like this flawed hero personality trying to trying to be the person that he purports himself to be like trying to be his super ego right um and and just kind of there was spectacularly failing there was an internal struggle there right um the the villains were a lot more dynamic than just we want the money as well like right. I mean, Taurus Bulba, forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this show is just a lot slower than Darkwing Duck. There's like a lot, more, a lot fewer moving parts. Oh, it feels like it takes forever. And that that's like it's not necessarily a bad thing. A show can become over convoluted to such a capacity that I don't want to watch it anymore, just because I I don't feel involved. I feel alienated. Well, this that's one kind adds... of why I stopped watching Breaking Bad after a while. <laughs> well, what this show does is it adds convolution without adding complexity can you explain what you mean by that so because that's a that's a subtlety that i think will be lost unless we can unwrap it yeah so you know if you have an episode where um they're they're underwater Mm. for whatever reason okay so they go underwater because scrooge lost his money at the bottom of the sea whatever (laughs) Part of one, of, it was one of those plot lines that I jumped in halfway and yeah. only watched one episode because no, I couldn't be bothered. There's an octopus totem with gems for eyes. It doesn't matter, but you know, so they go underwater. They, you know, meet this these mer people. They talk to the mer people. They are jailed. They get out. But the the central conflict of him finding his money is it's not the point. Right, it's kind of ignored until it becomes relevant again. Like they're just padding the episode, and they're you know, if he gets into his submarine and fights four fish in a scene versus fighting eight, it doesn't add anything to it. It just takes up more time. So maybe convolution is not the right word, but padding. I, I think you were right on the money with convolution. Like they they put them in different situations. Here's what I think, um, and we'll get back to it later on but i think that the part that the show really shines at is in its environment like its variety of environment and dialogue is yeah is to my to my mind pretty solid uh-huh. um and a convolution in the plot a convoluted plot uh, will allow them to explore those strengths of the show more solidly than if they just stayed in duckburg let That's me try why... and let me try and explain it in a new way actually so <clears throat> You, they can add plot elements and resolve them without heightening the tension because, it, like I said, if, if he is separated from his money and that's the tension driving it, he can be separated and kept from getting it in different ways, but they're not more dire ways. It's just a, it's just replacing a blue key for a green key. 
That's sort of true. I think the bigger problem is that he effectively has infinite money, so no one really cares. <laughs> that's, that's another issue. <laughs> um, but what I what I was saying is that uh, you, I think you are correct that the show lacks attention that would make it possible to have a uh, sort of that that would make it possible to. Uh, uh, when it lacks tension, it just makes me not want to watch it. Just because there's the 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 stakes are so low that I'm not invested. But um, like the danger is just that's it. The stakes are so low that I'm not that, invested. That's that's totally that's totally <laughs> it. There's there's no build up. There's no tension. There's no there's no there's no catharsis by the, by the end of the episode. You have them in nominal danger, and then they get out of nominal danger and still have money. And you said. The dialogue is, you know, clever at times, but it's relying on the old comedic standbys, mishearing words, changing common idioms to fit the situation. Like, oh, you know, instead of like, yeah, head. O- I can't make head heads over or tails. tail feathers of this. Yeah, yeah, um, shit like that. I-, I thought that was kind of charming, but it isn't very complex. Yeah, so they make these kind of classic jokes, and because the situation is more or less the same, it feels repetitive. Yeah, that that that's pretty. That, I I don't think I, that. I remember watching one episode where this guy was trying to get the dime back for Scrooge from the Beagle Brothers, and every time he fails, he goes back to Scrooge, and Scrooge basically calls him an incompetent, you know, wuss. And that's supposed to be the joke, but he, like, the guy is failing for different reasons, but he's still failing. Right. Uh, I'm not sure quite what your point is actually. I guess my point is just that it takes up time without adding anything. I think it does add things. It just doesn't add anything that I kind of need to be engaged long term in this show. Yes. Like it can engage me in the short term. I can like if if I jumped into an episode halfway through or watched two minutes of it, that's an okay way to pass the time. Mm-hmm. Watching twenty three minutes of it is is pretty is pretty rough because it's just that in d- more different ways. Like there's no. There's no rising falling action to any story that is like there there might be a rising falling action but it's just it's such a small rise and such a small fall like they they don't really they don't really develop the plot that they're that they're that they're in at all. Yeah, so like in that um in that example I said about where he's on the bottom of the ocean floor, if he had gone down and found a way to rescue the money and gotten it away but then was captured by the fish people, that could be broken up into two separate, you know, 10-minute plot lines, each of which is tense and engaging on its own, but they mixed it. Yeah. In my yeah. opinion, to its detriment. The the thing that going to these extravagant places allows for is for the anime for like the animation and um and dialogue to shine, which I think is is a big strength of the show as I've said, mm-hmm. but it does limit how much these characters can develop, which I think is the biggest problem in the show. Yeah, no development. There's no development. Think back to Darkwing Duck, where um, it involved him having to overcome external and internal conflict to kind of rise to the occasion. And he always, like, he always, like, uh, whenever the chips were down, whenever, like, a big laser was going to get fired, possibly killing his adoptive daughter, just listen to that. Yeah. He would... (laughs) He would do his let's get dangerous moment and 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 turn the tables. And every time he did that, you got a better glimpse of how what kind of what kind what of drives man this him. is. Yeah, what drives him, yeah, how he's effective, what kind of hero he is, how much the world needs him, all of these things kind of 
it builds piecewise to a cohesive whole of a character. But Scrooge McDuck, we already have all of the character. Yeah. And DuckTales, like ducks, just bobs along the surface of the water. <laughs> Thanks, Zane. Anyway, um, we got we got mired a little bit down there. Um, I wanted to talk about another thing in the show, which okay. is the family versus wealth plot structure. Okay. Um, this this show, much like everything that Disney has ever done, is very strongly grounded in family values. Um, be, despite Scrooge basically owning the world and having an ingrained like money grubbing sense or propriet, pr- priority for money grubbing. Um, he's really only happy when he achieves successes, it seems like. Well, like when he solves a puzzle or when he thwarts villains, um, that's when he's that's when he's happy. Yeah, he has to keep succeeding. Right. Which which is sort of a citizen cane, like that's what drove him in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Which is it is surprisingly profound for this for this plot structure. But um more than anything, it's a realistic, you know, motivating force. Yeah, like, and he—it doesn't stop him from being a real, a real pinchpenny, um, which doesn't stop him from caring about his nephews. Like, it's both, you know. This yeah, isn't and- a two-adjective character. He's got both sides of this coin, uh, this this two-sided personality of conflicting priorities, which is what makes a character interesting to begin with. Now, I didn't see the show make him choose between those too much. I always saw him end up with both at the end of the episode. I don't think I saw it either. So I, I think that I think that I, I don't know whether they like thought that he wouldn't do it or, or what. <laughs> I, I think that would have been just too hard to. It it would have it would have tipped the scales almost. It's a different. It would be a different show. I think it would have just tipped the scales, like when we have that balance of caring about both, and um and and dealing with both of those concerns in different ways that's you know it's still it's still pretty it's 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 an uncertain mixture it's it's muddled if we ever had a point where he had to choose between the two like let's say it's at gunpoint holding him for ransom he's like okay here's my money every time that would happen in the future we would know what was going to happen because this character is so static so i don't think that's i don't think that it's bad that it was never like brought to a four where the issue was never forced because you just can't go anywhere after that that might have been good for like a series finale (laughs) yeah you figure out in the season one finale that oh he's willing to give up you know two million dollars to get his what about three but not a penny more and so the central (laughs) conflict in the second season is well (laughs) well zane everyone's a, a prostitute we're just negotiating over the price that's right you ever hear that yeah, yeah, that really disgusting analogy <laughs> that, that that one guy says to a woman in an audience, like for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with him, but it what a disgusting thing for a person to do. Like there are there are other metaphors you can use without <laughs> degrading your audience, kind of for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> just 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 for fun, just because sex sells. Really, it's easier to pay attention to. Um. What do you, what else do you have to say about the about the tone of the show? Um I don't think I have much else. I do want to say one thing about Donald cuz the uh, Don some, the Don sometimes they read letters from him um from from him in the navy. Mm. And it's describing like his adventures in his letters and go on. It's really this is actually really funny because 
he says stuff like, oh, I spent the day in a top secret jet. And what actually happened was he got sucked into the engine of the jet. <laughs> yeah, things are looking up for me and he's up on the top of the ship washing windows. Yeah, so I like that. I think that's a very good use of, of wordplay that... You just like that because it's exactly what uh, what uh, Gobo's Uncle Traveling Matt does. Yeah! Like, to a T. Misunderstanding the world around him, being the doofus traveler. Oh, I liked to consider it, at, like, that Donald did understand what a Ponce he was and was trying to appear cool to his nephews because <laughs> look at Aww. look at what he's done. He's transferred responsibility to this person who controls the world <laughs> yeah. and put, gives them adventures every week. And what does he have to offer? He has put himself into the divorced dad situation. <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh my god, I wanna I I'm telling you, Ben, I want to learn more about I wanna watch Donald in Vietnam Adventures. Oh my god, Zane, that's like an HBO like sequel show. <laughs> and it's just called Donald. Don. Yeah, exactly. It's just Don. <laughs> like that's the nickname he got the first day when like Yo Don He got he got beat up and so he arranged a hit on somebody else. What's your name? What is it? Donnie? We call you Donnie from now on. <laughs> Oh, it's the Don. <laughs> Good. No one can do a Donald Duck voice. Because the it's second they do, thing. they no longer have vocal cords. <laughs> it just explodes. They just explode. Um, one more thing I want to say, which is uh, related uh, very strongly to Scrooge's character, is that I can't help but feel a little bit gross watching a plot which revolves around a millionaire tycoon doing whatever that he damn well pleases. You don't like that? I, I really don't. Like, it's like an early version of the Kardashians or some shit. <laughs> like, like but you he's, can... He's like, not, you know, squandering it. He's still saving it. No, nah, I know. He, he's not squandering it. Like, he, he's just keeping it away from people who probably need it. To And, and he, yeah. all he's doing with it is... He's um, literally sitting on it. He's literally sitting on it until he dies, at which point, like... He, uh, the, the nephews bring up the issue of their inheritance later. These three shitbags are going to inherit all the money in the world. Oh, and geez. haven't earned a penny of it. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a horrifying like caricature of our society that this, that this character is. So I couldn't help but feel kind of gross watching like The Simple Life, essentially. Mm -hmm. More like the Kardashians. Anyway, um... I don't feel that way with uh with with uh with Stark, but I probably should. Probably when you consider him and Batman, when you consider how much more good they could be doing just donating money to orphanages. That that's the thing with superheroes with uh with money. Yeah, no, they absolutely could be doing more by just donating it. They, they uh well, I, you know what? Uh third world problems, right? We we don't we don't know the struggles of the modern day Bruce Wayne. So that's that's the weird thing about superheroes that have a lot of money is that they always have a lot of money first and then become superheroes. Yeah. Like because a superhero doesn't do stuff for profit, right? If they if you have to have a rich superhero, you have to have him it's a mercenary. be rich beforehand. Yeah. So yeah. that makes yeah, sense. I, I never thought of that before, but it's very true. Hmm. Anyway, um let's jump into animation. Yeah, so this show cleaves close to its comic roots. Um, okay. The camera changes uh, uh, perspective every 10 seconds or so. So, you know, pretty much once 
every character on screen has had a chance to speak. It switches. So it's kind of like frame to frame in a comic book. Mm. And they, they'll move and gesticulate within a frame. And you can see it clearly if you're looking for it, but they don't really, you know, they're much more likely to do a camera change or a scene transition than they are to follow a character from one part of a room as he walks to the next part of the room. It made it, made it sort of look like a staged production. Like, yeah. they could just pan out a little bit and have all, like, you know, that's the green screen, and it'd be la- that's a wrap, everyone. Here's your mochaccino, <laughs> Mr. Scrooge, or Mr. McDuck. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's true. I didn't think of it like that, that it's, it's like a panel format, but it Occasionally, looks like scene it. transitions are even accompanied by a page turn. Really? Yeah, it, it came up a couple times. You really got to watch for oh, it. Oh, I, I hadn't seen any of that. I That would have been really cool. Um. What did you think about the quality of the animation? Because like I remember, said, it, remember it's... this was a precursor to kind of a a, a dynasty of syndicated animation. Yeah, shows. Duck Dynasty. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it it holds up and it looks original. Like it looks like the original comic. So it, it's a standard style. You know, it, I mean, it does got, look Disney. You've got the yeah. You know, you've got the big, strong, dumb character rocking that. Buck Tud Russell body. You've got the little kids with big eyes and big heads that are supposed to be cute. You know, you've got all these sort of rules in place. This is really the gold standard of animation. Um, I don't know if you knew this. Um, Osamu Tezuka, the, the guy who invented Astro Boy and is considered the grandfather of manga and anime, he got his idea for the look from Scrooge McDuck. Wait, repeat that last part back to me? <laughs> All anime. All is, anime. Is based on Scrooge McDuck. Grandfathered from the embodiment of greed, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. I want you to taste that in your mouth for a minute. It's the only, it's the only way anime could have gotten off the ground floor is with that, it was, is with that nepotism dollars. Because if you think about the way that anime characters are typically done, there's a lot of similarities. Beyond big eyes, I'm I'm drawing a blank. That's I mean, the main one. The, I could okay, look great. into it more, but you go look it up yourself. Read that article. They don't really have big mouths. I mean, they have bills. That's I don't true. know. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck specifically, because you can just go back into Looney Tunes. You get a lot of the similarities. It, it just the the simplistic nature of the characters. I think was a big a big part of it. I like his Hugh Hefner chest pillow. <laughs> oh, the little ascot that's yep, bursting out. I know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's weird that he was that uh, that that influential as a character. Like I knew that the show is influential, but the character strange. of Scrooge McDuck really doesn't pop up pop up because, much. Because I wasn't as big a fan of Ducktales Donald Duck aesthetic as I was of Darkwing Duck's Daffy Duck aesthetic. Like I said in that episode, it it looks much more what the in that way. Distinction is Zane. <laughs> Uh, taller bodies, darker feathers, more angular. Well, he's also always wearing a mask, which does a lot for him. That's true. Uh, the bills are drawn sl- uh, somewhat different. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't gone to. It's more complex. I haven't gone to. I didn't go to art school uh, and take know, what, a, what did, take an elective on how to draw a duck. <laughs> what did you think of it? Of what? Of the animation. Oh, well, I I was. I was noting its uh, its vintage and a lot of the other stuff at the time we've talked about before, a few years prior. But you know, had a bunch of um, there were there were a bunch of basically marketing shills which to to sell toys. 
um, you know, the G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. um, He-Man, King Arthur and Knights of Justice era of cartoons. And they tended to look a lot blockier and plastic um, in a way that this one doesn't. I think that because it may, I think maybe because it wasn't specifically going to be a marketable thing, they like allowed like because this was a risk, a risky business to do. No one had really done this before. Mm-hmm. Um without a specific marketing strategy in mind. And I think that really could have given them some creative license to get a little bit more a little bit more textured with the with the with the animation style. Could be. I, I don't have anything to base that on other than my conjecture and the way that um animated stuff you looked like a few years back. But <laughs> Oh yeah. Like like garbage. Oh, it looked look completely like gar more like the garbage cans. <laughs> But yeah, same same idea. Um, another thing in the animation is that uh, it, like I said, it enjoys a wide variety of settings, and they aren't static. They aren't static flat black, flat backgrounds. Like Scrooge and the nephews interact with them a great deal. You know that Launchpad McQuack is going to crash into a good number of them before the day is done. That's right. And that's where I think the show is is doing the best is when they go to an exotic locale and interact with the world around them. And that again comes from the comic books that tried to teach you something well it just it just feels very natural it doesn't feel like um it doesn't feel like the theater it doesn't feel like um oh what is the word artifice Hmm. um Um, so so like you know in the in a candy factory scrooge will throw a lever to make a chocolate tidal wave chase down the beagle boys yeah they're organic set pieces yeah or, or like in a marsh um, he'll drop a dollar. It'll land on a crocodile's head. So that's a good opportunity to do like a Tarzan swing to grab it. Or an Indiana Jones swing. Um, I don't know if you knew this. The logo, the DuckTales logo, is based on the Indiana Jones logo. Really? I, I, but, can, I, can, I bet I could. I bet the, that, that makes some sense to me. But that's fitting because Indiana Jones was heavily influenced by the original comics. <laughs> really? Yep, even going down to the big stone rolling down at him. <laughs> That's absurd. Isn't it? Donald. We used to call him Junior. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me try to... I'm looking up the logo if I can. Uh, nope, that's just a guy. Wait, that's Shia LaBeouf. Nope, how much Harrison Ford. How much trouble are you having looking up the DuckTales logo? No, I'm lo- trying to look up the Indiana Jones logo. Indiana Jones as a little kid looks exactly like Shia LaBeouf. Um, that's really weird. That's not. No, like Harrison Ford as. Wait, really? Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost. Dude, look at the Wikipedia page from 1981. Oh man, was that was that a brilliant casting decision? I think so. Maybe. I'm I'm more impressed by it now. <laughs> by the way, speaking of George Lucas, did you happen to see the new Star Wars? Uh no no I did not yet. It was pretty good. It was essentially just a new hope, but that's what I've heard again. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Yeah, but that was okay. That was an okay movie. I don't know if you guys knew this. A new hope, pretty okay film. <laughs> he does look like Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> <laughs> but like, like with a Bill Murray head frown. <laughs> He's got one of them valley heads. <laughs> yeah, like like Scrooge McDuck probably probably trek right down that forehead. Excuse one me? of those one of those Louis Anderson foreheads. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you take a vacation to visit scenic Louis Anderson's forehead. <laughs> that garbage. <laughs> um 
so yeah, but the the uh, logo is fairly iconic. As yeah. is, as is like we said, the intro song. Yeah, let's get into that. So this is you know what do you think is the the big thing that people remember? Is it the ooh? Um, maybe the thing that always ooh. stuck with me was the. Was the uh, was the three duck butts waddling away and then turn around with the uh, with like jazz hands? Bow, 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 yeah. Bow. Uh, also, yeah. like the uh, like the like the minor key change halfway through each each verse. Mm-hmm. That thing. Yeah, that's really good. That always did it for me. I think it's interesting that you know if you if you say to somebody, "Hey, do you remember Ducktales?" The they'll do the yeah um and the music is also like what people remember the ducktales video game by that one moon level yeah the i, I was i was gonna in. bring it up at some point if you didn't yeah which is just so good like man that man that moon level is good i don't know where they came up with the with the did do you think just lightning struck or what uh, the main theme for the show was written by mark Mueller, and and he you know has done other show theme songs he didn't do darkwing were, duck did he no he did he did um chip and dale rescue rangers theme song okay which is popular to those that enjoyed it um yeah i don't know what makes this such a good like the, like how the, they the come voice up with of something. it is very good which i i like a great deal i'm trying to i'm, I'm gonna look up darkwing duck's theme song it's like who who made that because because the the ducktales one is a complex piece of music it really has a bunch of different sounds all in one song, each of which is very catchy. Yeah, um, no, you that, that's it. You're absolutely right, and it's the 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 lyrics of it are also very emblematic of what the show is. Like, we might solve a mystery or rewrite history. Like, we don't know what we're gonna do, but it'll be with money. It's it's a hurricane. Hmm. Um, and a duckler. The music within the episodes was written by Ron Jones, and I read he wanted to aim a bit higher than the kiddie fare of other cartoons of the time. It's like an orchestral score a lot of the time. Mm. He, this is the guy who wrote the theme to uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Really? And did music for Family Guy and uh, Star Trek TNG. Oh, okay. And I feel like the music really sets the tone of things. It it segues between the scenes well. It can shame on a dime seamlessly. It's it's really good. And like you said, it's orchestral in the way that Tiny Toon Adventures was, that, you know, the Mickey Mouse sort of things were historically. Yeah, it's interesting that I actually didn't get the same reaction to uh to the music it's interesting that you found that it was so exceptional i thought it was just kind of standard orchestral um walt disney fair and then you have for the sound effects looney tunes like i just feel like i've seen it too many times before but apparently you picked up on something a little bit more special well the thing that i was most impressed by if you go back and listen to it just how quickly the tone the tone of, of the music can change to suit the situation it it really is quite impressive hmm but like you, but yeah, it is you know very samey to other things we've seen in terms of the way it's done. Yeah, and you know we're gonna we're gonna try to veer away from you know standard Disney stuff because it it does get a bit boring after a while. Just doing the same like you, you remember these, you remember these uh, the sound effects, you remember these 
uh, scores of music. You remember this animation. But this was kind of special, both historically speaking and as a um, a, and as an original work. Sure. That being said, um, beyond the intro, which is fucking top notch, and <laughs> you know, this song is actually just like underlying shared knowledge of our generation. Like I was talking about before, how everyone knows that Scrooge has a water tower full of money. Everyone knows the theme song, right? Which I'm going to be referring to as um, a stoop kid syndrome, <laughs> if if you don't mind the terminology there. That sounds fine. Um, but beyond that, I, I didn't think that the sounds and music were that fun to listen to. Like they were well integrated, but they, 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 they didn't really, they didn't really add anything that I wasn't already going to get. Mm-hmm. They were appropriate and appropriate is fine, but it's really, it, it's really depressing to get something that you have to label as appropriate. Yeah. Looking at it as the trendsetter, I don't have any qualms, but yeah, it's it not something I want to watch. It can be given some some uh, some leeway, um, especially because it is leaps and bounds above better than um, than uh, the music and sound effects from the Hasbro generation of of cartoons <laughs> in the same decade. Yep. The dialogue is what I found was actually really good. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, the the wordplay aside, which has lots of puns and. Um, Honestly, they kind of throw too much of a spotlight on them. <laughs> I just like the way you said, I really like the dialogue except for the wordplay. <laughs> no, no, no. The wordplay is, is... I, I know what you good. mean, but it just sounds funny. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll get to the wordplay in a second. The actual dialogue between characters felt very character appropriate. I think mm-hmm. if you... Uh, I think if you took out all like the all the voices of the people saying the things you'd know whether you were listening to a Scrooge or a or a Launchpad or one of the cousins or 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 rather nephews with with the exception of within the nephews I do not think they characterized and, I am, and differentiated I am referring them well. to them as a singular being <laughs> they're they're conjoined they're they're like all those animals that come out of Hey Arnold's house like that that's they they serve the one function together yeah yep like a big just a big just a big food pile yep if you change the spin of one, the others will automatically correct. What was that? What was that? Like trying to do some electron pairing jokes? Is it? Is it too late? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Ben, did you know that electron? <laughs> so the dialogue was really good. I thought, if not, it wasn't ingenious, but it was very funny and character appropriate, which were good. And then they also have a lot of they they throw a lot of puns at you. Like the wordplay is very is very humorous. I like whenever they do, whenever they do, you know, duck related puns. They're a little bit eye rolly, and frankly, they spend a too a lot of a lot of times when they're just doing a pun, they'll just like focus on it super hard, which Sheep in the Big City has shown is not the correct way to do things. But it's not usually done in that manner. I would agree. Have I ever told you that whenever you say eye rolly, I think of General Iro? <laughs> and I just think that what you mean is in the manner of General Iroh. Who are they going to get for Aku? I don't know. <sighs> I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I don't think we mentioned that yet. Samurai Jack's coming back. Yeah. I mean, in addition to the Magic School Bus and DuckTales, Samurai Jack is Jack in action. We should Once they all come out, we should do a, like a compilation, like look at everything and see how they differ. I think, I think we should absolutely do a Samurai Jack Redux. Yeah. Just like, I, I think I actually have someone interested in it. 
um, friend of mine go, goes by Chuck to me and other, I think a different name to other people, which is confusing, but, um, <laughs> Redux, Redux. Sure. Got to get that in there. The, uh, I, we'll, we'll absolutely cover Samurai Jack when it comes back out. Maybe give it like a few, three, three, like three episodes or maybe like a first look kind of analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm super, I'm super excited for it. Wait, Any... it's not going to be directed by Gendy, is it? I don't, I don't know. Oh my god! All right, we need to figure this out. I think um, someone told me that it was, and I didn't look it up. Let's let's wrap up where we are here. No. Okay. Samurai Jack. I don't know if you ever listened back to our old stuff. I don't know how frequently you do it. I know you do it. Have you noticed that when when I say something and you disagree? I change my opinion immediately. <laughs> Whereas if you have an opinion and I disagree, I double you just down. Cut, you just steamroll me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like I can hold my opinions in my mind and have a criticism to them without having to adapt to, you know, make the other person feel better. But what if I'm wrong? You are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> nice meta meta joke, Zane. Excellent done. Excellently done. Uh, what else we got? Yeah, I can't find it right now. Um, Final thoughts? Let me go back to this thing. Um, yeah. Shia LaBeouf again. <laughs> yeah, so Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Let's talk so about like, what a What a talented young actor. I think the he's voice been, of a generation. <laughs> he's been given a short shrift a lot of the time. I think he's gotten too big too quick, and that's really been, uh, been hurtful to some hipsters who only like, you know, uh, craft beers and et cetera. It's been fascinating to see just how many people Shia LaBeouf is. Really? It, like, it, it's just, it changes year to year. It's incredible. Uh, there's this weird internet, like, presence for Shia LaBeouf. Have you, have you heard that, uh, that song? Actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf? That's the one. It's fantastic. It's pretty good. I, I love the live action, like, dancers, and then he's, uh... He's in the audience and claps for it. Yep. A standing ovation. Yep. <laughs> what a brilliant. Like, I, I've never been able to kind of peg down why exactly it happened <laughs> and why it continues to happen. He's a Is cartoon it, character. It, it might be that he's a cartoon character. It also might be because he's got just a super funny name. I hope that's not the reason. I just, if you look at everything he's done, every time that he's like, entered into the public awareness it's for something completely different no that's not necessarily true action blockbuster what is that he's he's done uh, he's done transformers and a uh, crystal skull okay that's fair but i i think the difference there is that like it's perfect casting for transformers and a kind of why on earth did they do that for indiana jones because he looks like young indiana jones ain't and that's another thing is he a time lord <laughs> We're on the bottom of something big here, Ben. He was he was also the same character in uh Holes and uh Eve Stevens. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a totally different person, Ben. <laughs> and then okay. he did that art house thing and like he just every time I hear about him it's for a different completely random I reason. I think that he's fated to duel um uh Michael Sarah. <laughs> I I'd watch that. Yeah. That's sort of like just Two, two like uh, young young male idols of different demographics just have to duke it out. I'm not gonna lie, I would bet on LaBeouf. I would too if it wasn't animated. Otherwise, I think uh, Scott Pilgrim's got the edge. Okay. 
Um, anyway, I think I think we took it. <laughs> I, I, I guess that means it's time to wrap up. Oh, oh we're turning to Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the oh, um, Buffler. I guess closing remarks. I like this show. It's a good show, but I didn't like it as much as I had hoped I would. Uh, I agree that it's a good show. I didn't like it really. There, there. I think I liked it when I like. I think I liked parts of it, but I didn't like watching a whole episode. It couldn't hold my attention, and the parts where it did made me upset with it because they were holding your attention with the squacky noises. Uh. Yeah, those voices are pretty rough. Um, but it is. I like that we looked at it kind of just because it is very historically mm-hmm. necessary. Yes. To uh, to to see that this was this was hugely influential and absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's a real love letter to trying different things in animation and seeing if they work because Walt Disney, uh, you know, his his department took a big risk making this and it it, it paid off in spades. In conclusion, go watch Darkwing Duck. Yep, it's so much better, guys. Like. The, the audio on that one is not great, so if you don't want to listen to our episode, don't worry about it. But fucking watch Darkwing Duck; it's so goddamn good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and you still have Launchpad, so there's that. That's right. <laughs> he carried the whole show the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, on his back like Atlas. Uh, and then next time on our show, yes, we are going to be watching Defenders of the Earth. Which, have you looked at that uh, nope, intro yet? I have not. Oh, Ben, it's even catchier. Even catchier than what? Than this one. <laughs> Pay attention. I, I thought you meant then uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, which is impossible. It's catchier than the DuckTales. Um, it, just a, one chunk that you'll you'll hear when you finally watch it, and you'll it'll just pop in your head. All right. It'll do it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're going to do this. All right. What is it called again? Defenders of the Earth. Give me a sec. Uh, this again. Yeah, I think it was, uh, it was Darkwing Duck that we did this last time, actually. It was 20 years ago today. Son of Pepper's to play. What was it again? Give me it again. <laughs> Defenders of the Earth. It just, man, that name, though. It's so generic, I know, but just like... Defenders of the Faith, Judas Priest. Okay. No. Here we go. <laughs> Incorrect. And here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This advertising woman has a terrible voice. <laughs> I thought you were already reacting to the end. Stop it. <laughs> All right. What do we got here? Defenders. Just enjoy how he's screaming everything. He he's screaming it or he's whispering it. <laughs> oh my both. god, it's Harvey Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> what what was that? He just you... like tattooed him from space. <laughs> uh this sounds like that band that Homestar Runner, like that Strong Bad kept on talking about. <laughs> oh, the uh, limousine. Yeah, limousine. Sounds like limousine. Ben, which of those four heroes? Why is did your he just cut now? to a black guy stoically looking <laughs> across a building with his arms crossed? <laughs> He's my favorite character. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my god! 
Defenders. Defenders. <laughs> Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. <laughs> Isn't that so catchy? They just whisper it. It's so weird. It's just like sensually creeping into your ears. Oh man, that was that was that was pretty special. <laughs> anyway, I, so I that's, our, that's our next episode. I still haven't watched any, but that intro. <laughs> Oh man, top notch! What what are we doing after that? Well, after that, after we've defended the Earth, we will maintain the defense of the Earth by fighting evil by moonlight, winning love by daylight, and never running from a, a real fight. Because we will be watching Sailor Moon. Very nice. Um, question: Will we be watching the sub? Oh, um, now, now I'm here's the- probably. Well, here's the reason. Here's the reason why I asked. There is the original sub. There is the dub from when we were kids, from when we used to watch it on Cartoon Network Toonami. Yes. And they have recently done a second dub because apparently in the in the translation, in the original translation from the Japanese to the English, they cut out a lot of the more adult stuff. Now, hang on a second, Zane. Are you sure that this new dub wasn't just for the new show? Yes, it is. It's the same. It's the original show. It's the same show with the scenes they cut out, put back in. Okay, original show. We're gonna do the sub. Okay, that, that is what I've decided. But then we don't get. Uh, then we don't get the cat with the British voice. Salem. You know what? I'm gonna watch one episode. I'm gonna watch the same episode in each of the three, why, and then I'll you, just pick one. Yeah, why don't you? Yeah, why don't you just follow your heart? I'm probably gonna watch the sub. I might dip into the for, into the dub for an episode, and we can talk a little bit about that. Hopefully, we will be able to get a friend of mine on to talk about that with us because um, my friend has had a very uh, her her childhood was very much uh, very much related to this show. By which I mean she just watched it a lot. Anyway, cool beans. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's it. That's it for us, everyone. Um, happy holidays, and bye. <laughs> bye. Any, any, anything else there? No, that's, all, that's all I had. I was really hoping you would pick up, pick up the slack I, there. I, I thought you were leading into something. <laughs> nope. Like, Bye. Uh, you know, <laughs> I I hope you've had a good time. It's been a duck blur. It has been a duck blur. It's been quite the duck blur. Actual cannibal, Launchpad McQuack. You're walking in the woods. There's no one around and your phone is dead. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot him. Shia love. He's following you, about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife. It's Shia LaBeouf. Lurking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf.